listening to the Art Problems Podcast, episode 40. I'm your host, Patty Johnson. This is the podcast where we talk about how to get more shows, grants, and residencies. And on this podcast, we're going to do a quick bonus episode to speak to all the artists here who are currently weathering the anxiety storms of Art Basel, Miami. Art Basel Miami and the surrounding satellite fairs are the largest art fair event in North America, and it's happening right now through the end of the week. And this podcast comes at the request of an artist and listener who asked if I could consider addressing the demoralizing FOMO generated by the fair. His name is Dave, and he writes, I am a quote-unquote relatively successful artist showing in mid-sized markets like San Francisco and Seattle. In other words, I make just enough money for my work to fluctuate between being poor and lower middle class. Like many fellow artists in similar situations I've spoken to, big art fair weekends like the one coming up can have a disheartening effect on the 99.9% of working artists not involved. It seems like there's a certain ceiling you can hit that can't be broken through without showing in a major market, regardless of how well you do in Sun Valley or Ghent, Belgium. Not that I believe that showing in New York or LA punches your ticket for critical and financial success, but not showing in major markets leaves you feeling like you're not even part of the conversation. Our fair weekends, like the one coming up, delivers that debilitating sensation in spades. As artists such as myself see them as one of the few real opportunities to get your work in front of people who might be able to advance your career. As the vast majority of galleries in New York and LA don't respond to unsolicited submissions and have very little opportunity to come across your work organically, not participating in these fairs only reinforces the notion that you're just treading water. I know I'm not the only artist who feels this way, and I thought, given your platform and the good advice you've often given, a few thoughts might be beneficial to your audience. So first, I want to thank Dave for his question here, which is really fantastic. And also, I want to acknowledge that the reason that you're feeling these anxieties is that These aren't problems you're just imagining. There's a very real truth to them. It doesn't mean that they will always be your truth, but the fact is we will all run into ceilings at some point in our career, and some of them are going to be thicker than others. And right now, I'd wager what you're feeling is the thickness of that ceiling. I want to begin with a couple of tactical strategies you can employ, and then we'll make our way into arguably the most important part here, which is a mindset. Tactical. If you want to participate in the fairs, while Miami might be a little too late, you can always think about LA. You can launch your own show and participate that way. This is a very common thing to do. The problem with this is that you do so at considerable expense. And sometimes the auxiliary events by lesser known names have a harder time breaking through the noise. So it's not always that advantageous, especially if your primary goal is to make money. A cheaper way to go might be to connect with friends who are organizers, see if you can get an invite to any of their networking parties, and try to crack the nut that way. Because those invites tend to fly pretty freely in these events, or you know, these larger weeks, meaning that they're not that hard to get, and you can do a lot of networking at these events. Finally, 
I want to talk about the importance of considering context. And this really goes into mindset, something we're used to doing for art, but often forget to do in the face of anxiety. So the first thing I want to remind everyone of here is that the fairs are just one conversation. It's a really loud conversation this time of year, so it can feel like it's the only one that matters. But if you don't participate, your career is going to survive just fine. Now, I'm going to share my own experience with FOMO and feeling outside of a world that I participate in, which doesn't have anything to do with affairs, but then I'm going to tie it back to the subject. So bear with me as I talk about this seemingly unrelated subject that is actually kind of related in the end. So this was back in 2004, and I'd wanted to attend the Prospect 3 biennial as I'd seen the other two biennials. I wrote the press people, and when I did that, I was told that there was no budget to fly press out there, so I decided to self-fund myself and another writer on my staff because I would really wanted to see the show and review it. Now, I don't know why I believe the press person who told me there wasn't a press tour for this, because of course there was. It's a massive event. They're always going to have one. But I did. And of course, when I got out there, there were a bunch of friends of mine in the press, and they were all asking me you know, if I was going to get on the press bus or why I wasn't on the press bus. And this, for me, prompted a complete meltdown. It wasn't so much that I wasn't invited though that obviously bothered me, it's that somebody had so little respect for me that they actually lied about it to me and I'd spent money on something that there was actually funding for. So for me, anger often gets translated into tears. And so after like, what is it? Like in retrospect, an embarrassing amount of sobbing to some poor press agent who really had nothing to do with the email exchanges. I was put on the bus and I got all the access I wanted. But, you know, talk about being made to feel like you're an imposter. That was really, really bad. So, you know, the question here is what made it better for me beyond the bus access? Well, the writer I was traveling with gently reminded me that what prompted the breakdown might not have just been learning that there was a bus someone told me didn't exist, but that at that exact same moment, I'd also got my period and the auction that would determine the fate of the blog for the next year was closing at that exact moment. She reminded me that I was stressed out for a lot of reasons and that maybe it wasn't as bad as it felt at that moment. And she was right. It wasn't. But also the moment the auction closed and I knew that I'd have some money to run the organization for the next year, the crisis of spending money to be somewhere I felt I needed to be felt less acute. And I bring this up because right now, if you're not showing at the fairs and you want to be, there's probably a lot of financial anxiety that goes along with that. And that's a very acute kind of anxiety. And even if you are, even if you are showing there and you're worried like maybe your work will be ignored or it won't sell or will be viewed poorly because that's what fairs do to art. I want you to remember the context you're experiencing these feelings in. And that context is one that will amplify any insecurity you have that you can't break the ceiling, that you will never make the money you need, that your work will never be where you want it to be or go where you want it to go. 
That's what this week feels like. Because in addition to all these sales that are going on and you're hearing about, reading about in the press, you have tons of insanely rich people walking around reminding you of what you don't have but need. Next week, the reality will become more clear. That yes, these fairs attract a lot of people and attention, but they aren't the only way to break through. That you'll have many more opportunities in your career, and chances are they will be better than a show during our fair week. Because if we're being honest, almost everything is. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review and share it with a friend. It really helps get that valuable information out to more artists just like you. You can find all of the names and the links that we reference in this conversation at workshop.art/podcast.